You're now tuned in to the number one podcast show available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Welcome to Purse Talks with Swimmer and Bobby Raw, live on Bag Season, another podcast about nothing. Now, before we get started, make sure you all like, follow, and subscribe at Bag Season. That's B-A-G-S-Z-N underscore podcast. And remember, the bag isn't always about money, but more so what you want out of life. This is episode 10, Plaque Enterprise. What up, Bob? First was good. Oh, chilling, man. I'm super excited today. We have some super special guests. Yes. People we've known for a while. Um, people we just met. Yeah, well, yay. And this is going to be a really, really fantastic episode. I'm really excited for our people. And it's our season finale. Yes, it is. So, this is... Season one is coming I know, we, I had some inboxes that was like, oh my god, like, we were actually, like, tearing up. But don't fret, everybody. We're going to be back real soon. Real soon. Um, we got, we got a lot of... business to take care we of. We got business to take care of. We got some special announcements to take care of. But like we say, we want to thank everybody who actually tunes into our podcast. Like we do say, it is for our people, for our listeners. And we thank you, and we sincerely... From the bottom of our heart, appreciate everything that you do for us, and make sure that you follow, like, and subscribe to the Bag Season Podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify, and make sure you follow us on Instagram, that's at Bag Season, that's B-A-G underscore S-Z-N Podcast. I'm Swimmer. Bobby Raw. And this is episode 10. Like in a prize. Oh, here we go. But... Before we get started, man, we got uh, two special guests that we got to introduce. Mm-hmm. You know some wonderful entrepreneurs. Um, welcome. I think it'd be nice to just say welcome. Yeah, man. welcome. Thank you so and much. Introduce y'all to the baggers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Want to start with the lady of the lady? Yeah. Of the so uh, my name is Delissa. I'm known um, by Dilly Roman um, on social media. I own Fit Moms of Philly. Um, you know, I do a lot of different things within the community and um, a lot of spin-offs with different companies. So, yeah. Welcome. 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 Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Michael Early, the owner of the Royal Realty Group, one of Philadelphia's uh, fastest uh, African-American-owned real estate development and um, investment companies along with brokerage. Um, we've been... Um, I've been buying and selling houses since about 2005 and decided to grow this business in Philadelphia uh, with some hard work, sweat, and dedication. So, we're going to see where this takes us. Well, welcome. We appreciate you both for joining us today. I mean, we got really exciting. Listen, let me tell you something. These two individuals that we have here at the podcast today are phenomenal people, and they have phenomenal businesses. Dilly... I mean, I watch her on Instagram. She's she's got more women into sports and athletics and training. She does so many great things for the community. I am so excited to have her and Mike. And Mike actually helped me buy my house. So let, let me. That's that's all. You know, so I'm just gonna put that out there. He's the reason why I'm sitting in my my family's house that we own for 65 years. Thank you so much, Mike. No problem. And you are a fantastic asset to the community. So we're gonna ask you some questions. We're really gonna dig into. You know, why you guys decided to do what you did, and we're really going to get into it. So, I'm I'm, I'm hyped. I'm excited. Yeah, man, I think it's going to be a lot of gems. Oh, yeah. If you're sitting at your desk, you're having trouble with your job, you're looking for another source of income. Mm-hmm. You just want new information. I feel like this is the one for you. Now, question. <laughs> What got you started? What got me started? That's just an open question. So, what got you started? (laughs) You want to go first? I Uh, I can. Um, The thing that got me started in in real estate is that a lot of people don't know this, but I've been homeless a couple times in life. And um, one of the things that I realized was that. Um, I didn't want to work in a corporate nine to five, but I, I wanted a way to be able to make the income level that I always seen people on TV have. But, uh, you know, growing up, it was all about being an athlete or a rapper or stuff like that. And I wasn't that good and my flow is not that tight. So I had to find a different way. 
Um, but after I got out the Marine Corps, um, I actually um, found myself not having a job and sleeping on some, some of my fraternity brothers' couches and stuff like that. Um, I actually slept in cars a couple nights and used to brush my teeth in a hotel room lobby bathroom. And wow. um, I needed a change. I needed something different. I needed something better to do. Um, so just like a lot of new investors out here, I went to one of those, um, you know, those uh, those meeting at the hotels. The seminars. The seminars at the hotels. Uh, I, I actually went to a couple of those and was like, you know, all right, let me figure out what this is about. And uh, I got the books and, um, you know, because there wasn't a lot of stuff on the internet about buying houses with no credit, bad credit, stuff like that. So I went to the seminars and stuck with the, the, the teachings that I can find in books and decided to get into real estate. So that was like my first introduction in in. in into real estate and I just haven't looked back. Wow, that's incredible. Mike, I've known you for how long? It's been about Almost what? Almost 20 years. 18, 17 it's, years. It's a long time day. and I never even knew that, bro. Wow. And, and that, that's incredible um, that, I mean, look at you now. I mean, I guess that would be one of, that was one of your inspirations. Absolutely. I mean, and so that's crazy. Dilly, what about you? Mm -hmm. um, what inspired you and like how did you get started with fit moms and, and and how did you move forward with that yeah so the story is like i couldn't even explain everything to you and how it all came to be but um you know when i was in college i was really really interested in hospitality management and parks and recreation and um i got a you know my degree is in business management so i always thought i was going to be on the resort side of things um i wrestled on a men's team for 10 years and when I went to college, I was um, basically on, like, the club team. Mm -hmm. So I went to college to wrestle. Like, and you, like you get down wrestling? I get down. Like, I've been wrestling dudes. Like, uh, what? Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> you, was our, you was our head locking people. And she out here putting <laughs> full Nelson's <laughs> body slamming. Yeah, really Yo, that's what's up. Really that is dope. I even went to, like, Women's National, but I always knew I was going to be, you know, I, anything that I did it had to do with sports and athletics and because I was always I was always really really disciplined in my body my eating and mm -hmm. my exercise and things like that so um when I graduated college I ended up being the youngest Philadelphia district coordinator for the Macy's bridal department and mm -hmm. it was like wow. one of the it was I mean by the grace of God I was able to acquire that position but I also was looking at the market and I'm like wow retail is going out of you know, like, you think about it, and it was it's something you have to think about, because, um, as I was there, and although it was, like, a real secure position, um, it was the security of having a job in the future just didn't seem that good, and so I was like, all right, I'm gonna leave this and go into something that I can build on my own, and I was, um, I went to Mass Mutual, and I went into finance, and I started to build my own financial literacy group, so I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, obviously, but mm -hmm. I need I needed legs in order to do mm -hmm. it, like some type of platform. Um, but every single job I had, I would start some type of fitness program there. Like I worked at Mass Mutual, and I would at twelve o'clock, all the women would be in the office, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the lunchroom or whatever, working out with me. So I always knew that I wanted to do something having to do with fitness, and I was at a tech company doing recruitment. So I'm still bouncing around. And one day I was like, yo, I really, I can't work for anybody anymore. And at that point I had already started, you know, little boot camps and stuff. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I had a kid, so a lot of women kind of gravitated towards my message. And if I had a class, everybody would show up. But that was something I did on my free time. So, you know, it was also taken away, like me having a job was taken away from me actually being successful. Which yeah, is crazy. All the time. Like, I was spending, and because I'm such a focused person... I was putting in the hours to be, to make the money I was making. Mm -hmm. Because anything I was doing was like commission with, mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I always, anything that I was doing, I had to put myself into. So I'm like, damn, if I took everything that I was doing and put that into my own business, it would just, it would be so much better. Right. Mm, and right. I'm living paycheck to paycheck now. Like, what could I do if I took years, you know, a couple years to build something? Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to do it, but I was so scared because I had a kid. I'm a single mom, paying for everything on my own. I didn't have savings. So I'm like, shit, I can't quit my job and just go into this. I have to be secure. Um, and so that was what was keeping me back. I kept saying, I got to be secure. I got to be secure. Mm -hmm. And every time I would say I would save, 
you know, my daughter's daycare would be $800 a month. And I'm mm-hmm. like, shit, I got to put money into that. Mm-hmm. So I was in this cycle of I got to go to work, got to make money, and then put a little... And one day I was in my quarterly meeting and they were giving me my numbers and I was looking out the window as they were talking to me. All my execs were like talking to me and Lisa, you're awesome, you started all these programs, blah blah blah, where this is the numbers for the year and I'm just like, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been telling my friends Wait, for the longest. It was crazy. Albert Brenneman. No. It was crazy because I was in this moment at my company where I had started because I'm in IT. And I really wanted young black men to have positions in IT. Mm-hmm. So I would go into different companies and I would pitch and I would make sure that I was finding jobs. And then I was giving those jobs to African-American IT, young men in African-American, young men in IT mm-hmm. um, that were black, African-American, whatever. And I couldn't, um, it was crazy because I was fighting with myself because I had just started that program there by myself. And, you know, I went to the CEO of my company, and I was like, I really think this is a, a, a market, like, and I want to head it. And I had gotten all these companies involved, and I was ready to go. And as they were giving me my numbers, I was just like, all that stuff I'm about to do for y'all to make millions, I could just do that for myself. Mm. Take all of that, everything that I'm doing, and put that into my business, and I just quit. And that was my last day there. I walked out. Still very close to like the old, like the CEO. Mm-hmm. I still talk to the um, my direct manager that hired me, but I always knew I was going to work for myself. So my company really birthed itself that way. I started throwing all my energy and time into putting seminars and stuff together for moms, and mm-hmm. I already had the support because I was already doing the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it was crazy because I think the the most nerve wracking part was not knowing if I would have the support and my followers. And Instagram has been so important for me a lot mm-hmm. of people it you know it might be not as um important and a lot of people look at it as a distraction but for my company social media and just like telling my clientele like i was i put it out on instagram like i quit my job i had clients like this mm-hmm. like people were like yo we support you we want to help you we want to and that was amazing so that's awesome that's yeah, yeah that's you know it's crazy wow. it's crazy bob she hit on like literally three podcast we talked about yeah. <laughs> i mean and i mean we could have we could have put you on as a special guest for for like inst- for instagram because we talked about instagram <laughs> social media and its influence yeah we talked about i i, I hate, hate my, my job. job yeah i mean you i mean you're the they're the classic dreamer yeah you're sitting in the i mean you see movies on this stuff like you, oh you people sitting in a room they're like running off numbers, and the person's staring at the tree, just just blissfully looking yeah, at how the leaves are yeah, like. So you know what I would do? I would organize at lunchtime at my job. I would organize all the girls to go on a walk because we were sitting, and that's how I started my sedentary exercise, which is another um, portion of my company. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, look at all these women sitting in a chair for hours. Posture terrible, mm-hmm. really bad. Like your eating habits get worse, mm-hmm. and I recognize that, so mm-hmm. I started my corporate wellness program. And I and I didn't even realize it that what I was doing, but I started the five minute workout, which was for every hour that you're working, every hour that you're sitting, and you know you're in a sedentary job, you work out for five minutes at a time. And I would create desk workouts. So everyone else was talking numbers and blah blah blah, and I'm like, all right, y'all, twelve o'clock, we're gonna do our push ups because, and we're gonna like because you guys have been sitting for eight hours, you've been sitting for four hours. So it's always been in me. It's always and I didn't hate my job. I actually mm-hmm. really liked my job. Mm-hmm. I actually really really liked my job, but I didn't like the, I didn't like the process of it, the process mm-hmm. of not being able to like if you decided to fire me today, right. I'm happens. not building a legacy for my daughter. My right. daughter's not gonna go work at this tech company and right. have stock. Like what is she gonna do for it? Right. So speaking of process, I mean we heard a little bit about your process, Dilly. Yeah. But Mike, um. What process did you have to go through in order to establish and build the Royal Realty Company? Um, I think that um, a lot of our, our processes is to actually start the Royal Realty Group was pretty much based off of with the with the state and how the paperwork in the state and stuff allows has us doing. Mm-hmm. But to backtrack on that, it's I mean our, our overall process was tough. I mean. Um, I had kind of like a similar experience, but I couldn't leave my job. I've been fired for almost every job that I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because I had I have had those moments where, you know, I kind of been looking out the window too. 
And I just, I just said, fuck it. I was just like, you know what? They gonna fire me. I'm gonna get this unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> I got six months. I'm good. I got six months. I'm good. So, so that was actually part of my own personal process um, in starting Royal, where you know I had a couple jobs. I actually um, used to do. Uh, I used to sell mortgages, and I was doing some venture capital work as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually um, got fired from that, from that situation, and that gave me a little bit of runway to kind of get back into to selling real estate. Um, which which was tough because remember when I first started this business, I actually started it in Virginia. So I moved back to Philadelphia with no no clients and no clientele, you know, and, and things of that. So um, technically what I had to do was um, I was living in Logan at the time. I had to walk. I used to walk from pretty much, for people who, you know, know Philly, the Logan train station. I used to walk up to Sheltonham, come back down the other side of Sheltonham to Allegheny. And all through those blocks that's around Board Street, I used to collect addresses um, of the properties that I felt were um, abandoned or that was kind of left, like the trash was out the, or the trees was overgrown and stuff like that. And I used to take that information, find the owners, and then offer them cash for their homes when I didn't have a dime in my pocket. I didn't even have a car to get around. Wow. <laughs> but... Um, but, you know, I used to offer them uh, money for their property, and then I used to find buyers to actually buy that property, and I used to take a percentage of the property. So you wholesale? I was wholesale. Yeah, yes, yeah. I was wholesale. Mm. Um, Smart. So Smart. It, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, de- that was definitely part of the, 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 um, the process in, in starting Royal, and then based off of those humble beginnings, I, of course, I made enough money to buy a car and then buy my own house and move out my, my grandparents' back bedroom at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, you know, I, I decided that I wanted something more. I wanted something bigger. You know, I wanted, I had a, a wealth of knowledge now that I was able to make money with, so I, I knew I had to put it into action. And uh, from that point on, I just, my company at the time, um, um, Home Home Savers, became one of the largest uh real estate wholesaling companies in Philadelphia uh, at the time, uh, which, you know, we did awesome numbers. We had about 4,000 buyers on our buyers list when I first started. Um, And and then, you know, once we kind of got our feet set in that, I kind of rolled Home Savers into Royal Realty Group because we wanted to expand. We wanted to do more. I wanted to help more people buy and find properties. And that's when I got my license and then decided to start Royal. Wow. That's some incredible. Gems, bro, yeah. right there. I mean, I'm I, mind blown right now. <laughs> it's crazy when you think about it, because all all of us that have some type of inspiring story about what our passions were, mm-hmm. like really went above and beyond to make sure that that happened. You know, um, I used to take three buses and mm-hmm. two trains just to get to swim practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And in which case, I had to swim for three hours. And possibly take those trains all the way back, mm-hmm. or my mom would pick me up, and then I still had the homework to do, and I didn't go home till like eight o'clock. Right. And then I had morning practice at five a.m. Right. and do it over and over and over and over and over again. Like I didn't get my driver's license until I was like damn near eighteen. Like I, I missed my like a bunch of stuff. I missed like funerals. Mm-hmm. I've missed almost missed my prom. You know what I mean? Like, just the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like, I can imagine, like, walking from Logan to mm-hmm. Sheltonham. Like, Shelton that's incredible. I'm that's sitting there like, bro, you tripped. That's <laughs> wow. I have a car. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. So, um, basically, I mean, so I guess that's what inspired you, the fact that you were home. What inspired you the most, Dilly? What inspired me the most was um, seeing that there was a market of women, especially black women, that we're just not catered to. Hmm. I feel like um, I feel like we're just very underappreciated. And I love women. And like and the I workplace. Love... So not even I'm in the workplace number one, which is why I really started my sedentary exercises. Okay. Um, because there's there there are different resources and things that people are aware of on how to keep healthy or stay healthy in at work, and there are programs and stuff you can be a part of. But I feel like for some reason there's just nothing there's not a lot catered towards black women black moms and mm-hmm. um even with my company and the the programs that i put together and um like even i'm doing black like uh, mama's who lunch okay so mama's who lunch is coming up and i'm um i was invited as a guest to that to you know speak and 
um, for all the women, and it's black women coming together, motivating each other, mm. and you know, I, I just, in fitness, I wanted, I, I've always wanted something like that, mm. so what really just inspired me was seeing a need for it, and mm. I have a, I have a calling by God to serve other people, and I've had to accept that, that my calling is to serve other people, and I'm just, I'm fortunate enough to live in something that is, you know, actually in my soul, or in my heart, so... Um, the inspiration God inspired me and women around me inspired me to help them and give them my gift of, you know, even being able to speak properly and, um, articulate myself and then be able to go into an arena and, you know, put together a class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing that I was inspiring other women, even when I wasn't trying, mm-hmm. um, cause I have women that, you know, have approached me after like, yo, I quit my job and started my own business because of you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I didn't even realize. Did you did you have certifications prior, or did you have to get or acquire certifications? And so when I first started, I started out um, just teaching group classes and just having a group certification, Um, and that just is you teaching a class and understanding how to structure a class or you know put together workouts in a group setting. Um, And it was after that, so like. When I really got my LLC for my business, it was after that, that I went and got like my personal training certification. Okay, okay. okay. Um, but you can get certified in a bunch of different, like kickboxing. I would bring people in, and the idea of my company is I don't want people to look at me and think that I'm the only, you know, person in the, the like. There's no variety. Mm-hmm. The idea is for them to come to me and then to see the variety within the city, and that's why I, I work with so many different people, all different types of trainers, all different types of certifications. So. Yeah, what about yeah. you, Mike? I mean, certification-wise, you know, for real estate, what did you? What do you have to have? Um, it's it's really if you're just investing, you don't really need any any certification. So that's what I was doing for the majority of my my career mm-hmm. until I decided to get my my real estate license, and mm-hmm. that kind of changed the game because um, as a wholesaler and as an investor, I was spending a lot of money paying a realtor to um, you know sell my properties and and I was paying a lot of commission off that so and it was it was funny because once I did make the decision to to actually get my (laughs) license um I I just did it so I can save money and people would would really say Mike you know can you help me buy this house or can you help me sell this house and I was like I really don't know anything about being a realtor right (laughs) um but you know all right it's friends and family okay I'll help you you know and then what that transformed it to into uh, me having a love of helping people buy and find houses, but you know I didn't originally get my license to actually do that. So um, and now that's what that's what kind of made Royal. That was that final piece of Royal because we do property management, um, we do residential and commercial sales, and investing in development. So that's what <coughs> kind of stands uh, has our company stands you know stand apart. Mm. But um, you know, just, you know, I was just a, a, a man with a real estate license, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, that's the only real certifications that you really need to actually get into that portion of the business. So, so my next question would be, obviously, today's time, we're big on social media, mm-hmm. right? Social media, I would say, kicked off, I would say, what, like, 2011, that's when... Twitter and all that mm-hmm. got started. Instagram just started, but it wasn't really heavy used. Mm-hmm. Today's time, you're looking at Facebook ads, Instagram being mm-hmm. like the number one advertising platform right. for entrepreneur businesses. Mm-hmm. How has social media played a role in your successes? Um, for me, social media, get, I have I get 97% of my clients from social media. Um I post something and people are really receptive to what I'm posting. Like, you know, so I, since the beginning, social media has been important for me. And I recognize that um, very early in my business, I recognize that. And I wasn't always so huge on social media, but it's become a um, hmm, daily part of my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, to its own detriment, it is a, it can even be a distraction from my regular life. Like, I, I have to be on social media because my social media is so um, interactive, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I have a duty to my followers. So 
as much as it's taken over my life, I take time away from it. Like, I just went to Dallas and threw my phone away for two days. Mm. Because I had to. <laughs> because I had to. But the way social media is set up is, mm. you take those two days, your engagement goes. It's, like, really crazy. Mm. Yeah. So, as much as I like to... The I like to, crazy. Yeah, as much as people like to, you know, oh, you social media. Social media has played a really, really big part in my business. Mm. As far as, like, an anchor point, and then, you know, it sends people to my website, sends people to my apps, sends people here and there. Um, it becomes a hub and a resource as well for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to keep up with it as much as I hate to. I, I have to. So is it just you, or do you have a team that helps you with like? So it is platform? just it is just me. And I at one point um, I thought I was big enough to that I needed somebody to control my social media. When in reality, it's not that serious. <laughs> like it's really not that serious. As long as I'm putting the content out there that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is hard. I'm not going to lie. It's so hard. And sometimes I think I need somebody else to, to handle it. But I'm really careful about what I put out there as much as it looks like I put everything out. Um, you know, it's important for me to at least control that aspect of my business. Right. Like control this. the narrative. Yeah. Gotcha. About yourself, Mike? I think for me, um, I was kind of early on it with the Instagram. And I, a l- l- real quick story. Uh, when, I, when I owned um, Home Savers, um, the the wholesaling company, um, we were spending probably, I say about five to seven thousand dollars a month on billboard advertising, right? So a lot of these wholesalers were doing bandit signs and stuff like that. We said, let's let's do let's do billboards, and uh, we got we got good return off that. And I remember the day um, we were on like uh, Ogons Avenue, I was on Ogons Avenue, and one of my billboards was up there, and I got out the car and I took a picture of me standing in front of the billboard and I posted <laughs> that picture to social to uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I had more response off of that picture of me <laughs> posting that picture of me mm-hmm. in front of the billboard on Instagram than I did from the billboard. Billboard, right? <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. And, and, and it's funny because a lot of my friends and family, they had no idea what I actually did, right? Mm-hmm. They, they knew, you know, Peter, you just in real estate. They don't really know mm-hmm. or understand what you do. And when they seen the, the the picture, they was like, "Oh, you like you got a business business like you got a billboard and phone numbers and stuff like that, <laughs> website." So, and I think that opened up my career to a lot of people who were in my immediate circle that still really didn't understand what I did. So, um, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna repost that. Thing. I'm gonna repost that picture this week. Throw, throw back Thursday or something. But um, you know, just, just like you said, it built. I mean. Um, Social media is very, very, very important. I'm not the best at it, but you have to almost, like I said, force yourself to do it, you know. And I, I try to use certain um, apps and stuff like that to kind of help, help, help me with it. But especially in real estate, people is real estate is so interactive. Like people want to see and feel and, and touch, and they want to feel connected to you as somebody to help them through this process. But they also want to feel uh, connected to the process and a property as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I sometimes I take this walk through houses and just show people, and I see people on the street, and they be like, oh, yeah, how's that house? Are you f- almost finished the house? I'm like, what house? The house you posted on social media. <laughs> they they are intertwined with what we have going right, on on, right, a, on a daily right. basis, you know. The engagement, and, is, but their engagement is crazy. Like, you know, it, and I tell my new agents uh, right now, we're pretty much up to 13 agents in, in two years. Uh, the first thing that I tell them is like, okay, they say, what do I need to do to, to be successful? I said, you better get you an Instagram page. And <laughs> you better get you an Instagram page and start uh, documenting the things that you do. When you, right. when you show people what you do, right. they react to you. Um, and then you will become the source of information for their real estate needs. And then yeah. once you get them on a hook like that, it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, maybe five years from now, they will come to you come for to your that. services. Mm-hmm. So I will say this, it's not even necessarily using Instagram for the marketing like marketing purposes 100%. Because if you notice, if you post something and it's just a flyer, mm-hmm. people are not going to be interested in it. Right. You'll get, you know, like, it's just, for some reason, it's not as interactive. What they're interested in is you. Right. As the professional. And what it is that you're doing. That's why it's so important for me to control my narrative. Because a lot of people would tell me, like, yo, your Instagram needs to be more clean cut. And I'll say, "Mm, no, that's what I did when I was in corporate America. And I cared if my boss saw Mm -hmm. that I was at a party twerking real hard. Mm -hmm. Okay? Nowadays, it's not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, no. My my Instagram is not going to be clean cut the way you want to see it anymore. And I feel like that was an important part of me um, going from working in a corporate setting to now being an entrepreneur. And realizing how much Instagram social media, even LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I still, it's crazy. <laughs> I still use LinkedIn 
I still use LinkedIn. And the reason why I'm so good at LinkedIn is because my job, that's what I did when I was looking for IT professionals in different states. Mm-hmm. So I know how to navigate through, like, there is a science to LinkedIn just as much as there is to Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think people forget about People LinkedIn. forget about it, but that Chill. is on the bigger platform of things that I do. That's how I've, uh, I've attracted attention from different companies mm-hmm. was through LinkedIn. And, and then spinning off of my Instagram. So my Instagram to my Facebook to my LinkedIn. All three of those things mm-hmm. are my bread and butter. It's crazy that you mentioned LinkedIn. I mean, that was, that we, we talked about that on, yeah. on the one podcast. And that's how I got my current position. Yeah. Literally from networking on, on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how people really, you know, it's social media has had a massive effect mm-hmm. on, good yeah, good, good and bad, bad. Good yeah, bad. on, on everything we do now, right. like it's everything, the biggest everything. Influencer. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's crazy, um, so I'm gonna ask you two both, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, you may need some time to think about <laughs> this one for a day, it's a loaded one, it's open-ended, right. no, it's, it's so, for me, like, Everybody has, like, a motivational thing. Mm-hmm. But what would you say is the biggest challenge mm-hmm. of being an entrepreneur for yourself? Oh, okay. That's not too bad. No, no bad. Being broke. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, every set that comes in is accounted for. What do you mean being broke? So being kind broke of meaning, dig, dig into that a little bit. So, as I said, when I started my company, I started in uh, off of... You know, I didn't have any savings. Mm-hmm. I had zero savings. Ding, ding, I had, ding. I had come out of, and I could, and it's a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'll say the, the way that it was, it was for me. You know, I worked in finance, and I thought I had set myself up pretty good. But within the company I was in, I didn't get a paycheck for the first six months that I was at Mass Mutual because of how it works for you. So mm-hmm. I like this, you know. But once I started to create my my niche within it, I was making money. But I had to retroactively go back and pay for my child's on credit card. So when I then went to my next job, I had no savings. And so when it came time for me to really dive into my business, I'm like, if if you're gonna do this, you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna. So I moved out of my apartment. You know, I went back home. Um, and especially with having a kid, that's the worst part. That's the bro- that's that's where the brokenness comes mm-hmm. in right there. You have someone else to take care of. And I feel like that's why a lot of women, because there are so many single women, I'm. That's why they can't go off and venture off and start their own their own stuff. I see why now, but you know the biggest struggle for me has just been um, t- making making what I need in order to be where like I want to make more money to invest more money. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. I mean, it makes sense. Yes, it makes it makes sense. And for me, I'm such a firm believer in just investing everything right now in these initial stages that I have to just take that on the chin and say, all right, right now this is the type of life that I'm living. But in the next three, four years, here's my tenure. Like, here's my plan. And how, how does that affect, and Mike, we'll get to you. Yeah. How does that affect your normal life? Like, I know, oh I know, you're, I know you're from Jamaica. Yeah. Your family is in Jamaica. Yeah. And you, like, travel there yeah. and see your family. Yeah. How does that affect your normal life? I mean, for right now, I'm just, I understand the process. I feel like a lot of people get so caught up in, oh, this is where you want to be that you forget that it's the it's the process of it, the journey of it. So as much as I'm like, wow, I'm making a lot of sacrifices right now. Wow, I can't travel when I want to travel. Wow, I have to, you know, these are the hours I got to put in. I'm working up at 4 in the morning. I'm getting home at 1030. My daughter's with my sister all day. My daughter's at daycare all day. I don't see her as much. I'm, I'm working, I'm driving to Delaware, I'm driving, like, I'm everywhere. I'm investing the, the groundwork, the base level into my business. So, I am not. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I feel like right now I'm enjoying putting my hands in it and getting dirty. And I know that it'll pay off in the future. So, I don't really, I, I, I look at things very um, positively. Because if I sit here and I'm like, wow, I'm missing out on all this shit because I'm trying to do something I love, it, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So for me right now, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't feel like there's any drastic changes other than I'm making sacrifices. But you looking at the big picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people like forget about. Yeah. Oh yeah. When it's like yeah. you're grinding for something, it's like yeah. it ain't for now. It's like yeah. I gotta work yeah. now. Yeah. And, and some people get caught up in that social media thing of where it's like you're looking at what people have and you mm-hmm. don't even know the dirty work that they put right. that they're exactly. into. Or the mask that they show. Where yeah. you know, like when you see like a picture of somebody like they're like sitting on the beach but they're actually sitting on a mound of sand outside yeah. of a construction. But zone no, it's different. Like it's that. different. <laughs> it's, different. <laughs> it's different putting a different perception out there, but right. <clears throat> you know, right now it's not like I'm 
I'm just out here young while getting it. Like, I'm out here working really, really hard. And right. what you guys see is a product of the things that I'm working on. Right. You, you know, I don't have to show everybody what's going on in the background of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's it. I'm not... The hardest thing has just been making your money work the way it's working. And I'm not taking out loans. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm making the money and investing the money. I'm making the money and investing the money. Like, I'm doing it a little bit backwards. Right. So. I think the... Um... In the words of a good friend of mine, Nicholas Six King, he says, as an entrepreneur, you want a fixed income. Mm-hmm. He says, he says, on a fixed income, you got to go out, as an entrepreneur, you got to go out and fix your income. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things um, in, in being an entrepreneur. And we have to always realize that you need to be creating some type of income stream, whether it's... Um, whether it's a, a direct product sale or, or or whether it's something that you you know you're kind of doing on the side, I think that for me, one of the big things that um, is a struggle for me for a while, been a struggle for a while, for a while, it's the ups and downs of real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally a grind every day, and mm-hmm. you have to you know get used to that. You have to get thick. You got that. You have to have thick skin wow. in this business because people will try you. People mm-hmm. will try you every day, <laughs> and I tell people like I pretty much argue with people every day. <laughs> so don't let the Instagram photo shoots and his nice kitchens and stuff like that. You know, just like it was just said, like you, like that's a nice backsplash, backsplash. But you don't know. I just had to cuss this dude out about this backsplash. <laughs> you know, or you don't know that the guy who delivered this this this, this refrigerator that y'all like. He just didn't at the side of it, and I tried to get a discount off of it. You know, it's it's those battles every yeah. day as an entrepreneur that's different from from that corporate nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, me and my wife now we own a daycare. We're looking to open up another one, and now I'm kind of hazing her into that um, that everyday grind of kind of um, thickening her skin so she can deal with these types of emotional roller coasters, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, so it's it's just it's just for any entrepreneur, it's going to be good days and it's going to be bad days. It's going to be days where I turn around, I sell two houses, you know, in, in a day. And this, and when we first started, it was times where, you know, we didn't have, you know, food to eat, you know, or or, or we didn't, or, or it was no Christmas, right? Wow. So it's just, and then right after January, February, you know, sold three more houses. So you know, you know, like being in real estate, you have to know that you know the the money is sparse until. You get a, a little bit, um, a, a little bit more uh, time in, in in the game. So that's one of the biggest um, things in real estate that people have to realize. So, how important is it to tell your story? Um, I think it's really important. That's even what we was talking about with mm-hmm. even Instagram and like someone even seeing me quit my job. Mm-hmm. My best friend now, I actually interviewed her um, when when I first met her. Um, it was because she was trying to come and work for my company and, um, interviewed her. She came in, she, I mean, she was amazing, but we didn't hire her and her and I connected on Instagram. And, um, after I started my company, she actually became one of my clients, (laughs) which was crazy. (laughs) She had another job came and she was paying me, Mm -hmm. right? So she became one of my clients and she then decided, I was like, yo, I want you to help me. Like, I need somebody to help me stay organized. Boom. She was helping me stay organized. She was kind of my assistant. Then she said, you know what, Delissa? She said, Delissa, I really want to quit my job. She was like, I think it's so dope what you did. And I said, if you're still questioning me about it, you're not ready to do it. Mm -hmm. When you feel it, it'll happen. When you feel like you can take the leap, it'll happen. And I kept saying that to her, kept encouraging her. And she came and she said, I quit. I started my own company. Now she owns a salon. Mm-hmm. She started up her salon. She has people under her. She's training. She's doing really well for herself. And so me just telling my story on social media, like she saw my story, she saw what I was, what I had, like, and that's that's happened multiple times. So I now know how important it is because of course I want to keep things to myself, and I still want to to keep a sense of some type of privacy. Mm-hmm. And as much as y'all think that y'all know, of course it's stuff that y'all don't know. But it's so important for me to share. I feel like I have a duty to share my story. You know, I'm a single mom. I'm doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. I struggle. It's important to tell that part of it, too, the struggle part of it. You know, not necessarily like, oh, this is what's going on, but this is a struggle. It's, it's hard being a parent, starting a business, you know, doing all of it by yourself. Um, and then not to mention just the natural everyday struggle of being an entrepreneur and 
the ups and downs because it's the up and down every day. Right. You know? So, um, yeah. You know, it's important. I think it's real important to, to, to actually tell your story. Um, you know, like we said earlier, people kind of attach on to the person. And, yeah. and when people realize that you're not as perfect as you make yourself out to be on, on social media, uh, people start to, to fall in love with you as a real person and instead of the story. You know, I've had um, people who gave, who gave us um, listings or have came to us for services just because they um, heard about, you know, my past. Um, you know, when I tell people, you know, I'm from Nicetown. <laughs> like, I'm from Nicetown. I'm from Logan. Like, this is, you know, I come from some of the roughest neighborhoods in Philadelphia. Um, and, 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 and they say, okay, we'll do business with you just because you're a young black entrepreneur. And I think that um, that's also, it's also important for us as entrepreneurs to give back to the other people that's trying to come up in the same similar situation just because we know their story because we lived it. We're, you know, we've done it. Um, I still do work in, in my old neighborhood of, of Nice Town. So um, I think that's always important to show people mm -hmm. that, you know, you can make it um, whether you want to quit your job and start a business or you can make it you know, through high school, just to just to be a, a regular um, um, tax-paying person, you know, and you know, just get through life, or 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 to go to college. People need to hear these stories. So, right. what would you say thus far has been your greatest achievement being an entrepreneur? Um, I would say for me, it's my daughter is. <laughs> She is such a blessing, and even seeing her, the way that she's growing up, completely different from myself. I grew up in Jamaica. I came here when I was eight. My childhood was a lot different. I, w I didn't have my mom. And so she gets to come to come with me to all my events. She comes with me to all everything. And, you know, when I started out and I had a job, I, I, had, I would drop my daughter off at school early in the morning. And I would come and get her late at night, and everyone else had her. Even now as a business owner, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a single mom, all that stuff. She spends a lot of time with other people, but I had the opportunity where if, you know, she, I can't take her to someone to watch her. She could come with me with my clients. All my clients know my daughter, all my elderly care centers, the elder, like they, every, I have seven or eight elderly care centers that I train at and maybe 50 participants at each. Mm. They all know my daughter. So, um, having her see me in this way is, has been the ultimate for mm. me. Not even anything else. I can't even say like that to me is like it. Yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a single yeah. dad, so mm -hmm. I mean, I got a daughter too. I mean, it's it's like yeah. just providing. And she's so proud. Like, yeah. She's so proud. <laughs> She'll tell everybody, and she's working out with everybody. That's great. And she's telling everybody, my mom owns this company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she wants to own something. Mm -hmm. She don't know. She doesn't know what it is yet. That's good. She maybe it's a YouTube channel. I don't know, but she wants mm -hmm. to own something. That's general wealth, right? Yeah. It is. Right. Generational wealth, right? <clears throat> so, yeah. I think for me, the the biggest achievement is just being able to wake up every day and do something that you love. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, we talk about the struggle, we talk about the fight, but I love what I do. I, I you know, I, I I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and it's 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 beautiful to you know wake up to do something you love, and then to have to look back. And realized that, you know, when I started this business, when I wanted to get into real estate, I was sleeping on one of my fat brother's couches to now looking back at myself owning this brokerage, flipping these houses and have 13 agents just following my direction. It's crazy, right? It's, it's just, it's just, a, it's just absolutely crazy. And I didn't even, you know, when I started, I didn't think that this is where I wanted to go with my life as far as owning a brokerage, but um, it's just like every day is, 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 is just, it's just fulfilling to know yeah. that you can do something that you love. And I think that's the, the biggest benefit of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So. Um, I guess at this point, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just proud to be sitting next to these two. I, I, I mean, I, I'm soaking up a lot. I, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm creative. So yeah, I mean, it's this. This, this is, is what I do. Like these are the type of conversations I love to have. Yeah, this is great. I mean, you guys have both hit on like multiple podcasts, and if you haven't had a chance, make sure you listen to them because you'll you'll probably be listening to you know you'll backtrack and you'll be like, oh my god, <laughs> like wait, that's episode two, yeah, that's three. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, I guess 
I guess at this point, I would say, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give someone who is looking to become an entrepreneur, um, or looking to start their own brand or, or create something of their own, like someone that someone that may be on the on the edge and is thinking about it? Like, what would what would your advice be to them? Um. So my advice is not to rush yourself into making decisions um, based on money. Mm. Right? Mm. Based on money. Talked about that before. Right? We talk, yeah, Based we on did. money. Um, even for me right now, like I'm still in the first year. Like I officially had a year in February. Mm-hmm. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. So a, lot people, a lot of people think that I've been, I've owned this company for so like I've literally been it's been a year since I put my job. That's it. Mm. It's been a year of my business. That's it. It feels longer than that. It does feel longer. But it feels longer. Everybody says that. Like it would seem so much longer. And I'm like, because of the demand on what's going on. I feel like I was running at one point, and I said, "Those you gotta slow down," and because everyone was expecting so much, like slow mm-hmm. down. Um, but back to what I was saying, don't rush into making decisions if it's like being an entrepreneur, and especially with money. Like for me, I really enjoyed my process, right? But I will say, I would have loved to have been more prepared, mm-hmm. right, and not move off of impulse. Um, and I would have loved to you know, set myself up a different way um, when it comes to, like, the base of my business and the financial part of it. But it's my process, and I've learned a hard, hard, hard lesson. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I know that God, it's because God has prepared me for, like, this bigger thing that even that I'm at right now, I haven't even scratched the surface of my business yet. Right. And so I'm because of the, the tough skin I'm getting from that whole blow that I had with the finances when I first started, Moving forward, like, I feel like I'm ready. Like, you can do anything you want. Like, I know everything. I know every loophole. I know every person to ask Mm -hmm. what question. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think um, the biggest piece of advice is that I can give um, is education is priceless. It's just, um, I tell people, I tell a lot of people is that, you know, you want to invest in educating yourself with any business that you're in um i I listen to a lot of um real estate podcasts but also just business podcasts and startup podcasts and and um i've i got countless youtube channels (laughs) saved on my account because i'm (laughs) i'm like every day i'm constantly trying to educate myself so i can be a better not only a man not only a man but as a as a as a business owner as as well. So just take the time to always educate yourself in whatever field that um, that you're in, you know, to to try to better yourself and your business. Right. So I'm glad that you spoke on That's education. The best mm-hmm. So with that being said, how important is it to actually know your business inside and out? Oh my god. Oh god, yes. So I-, I mean for me I would I would do when I first started I would go around from gym to gym getting to know, you know, Tommy at night's gym. Mm-hmm. Talk to sit Tommy down, mm-hmm. like Tommy. I got I got questions. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Sistrunk of A Game Fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon Bing, Pro Bang Elite. Stay cool, Rashad Kent. Like I would go and sit and talk to people, and um, not even just that. The educational side of it. I have a a mentor now. His name is Hesh Donnerstag, right? He mm-hmm. has over, you know, maybe a uh, hundred thousand hours in in exercise, sports medicine, corrective exercise, corrective therapy, and I actually have canceled. Um, or I've taken down the number of clients that I can take so that I can sit with him and learn more of the corrective exercise. Right. So, shoot. I don't even remember your question. I just had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's key. I had to say it because I'm telling you. Nah, like, I'm in it right now. The education. Knowing like my knowing, business. Knowing your business inside yeah, and out. The reason I why I ask that is because, like, every day. you got people out here, like, they're like, hey, I'm tired of my job. I don't want to work for nobody, but this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, like, they just they go don't for know. it. Right. No, yeah. And it's like, they hit down, and it's like, well, I could just lean on them. I can lean on them. But then, when you're, like, in the long run, you've been doing it for five years, then you're like, damn, I'm not making no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's making money off of you, but you're still set telling yourself, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't work for nobody. Mm-hmm. When right. if you would have just took your time and right. joined your process. Mm-hmm. Right. Getting your education on. Mm-hmm. Networking. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to reach out, you could have kept that money inside right. and then invested into your own business to grow it. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, dang, I got to pay this person, this person. But mm-hmm. I'm still an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But 
if I want prime example, if I was doing wholesaling, like you just mm. said, it was like, hey, I started off as wholesaling, didn't get my realtor license. I'm paying somebody. Right. I'm losing commission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you're like, hey, I got to rent space. Well, if I network with this person, understand what my numbers is, what my reach is, mm-hmm. I can go to this person and say, hey, look, I have a great opportunity. Let's partner up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people don't understand that part mm-hmm. of what it is to be a business owner. I think another thing, too, is people partner for the wrong reasons. They partner because they need, a, like, a financial clutch, mm-hmm. a financial crutch. And um, that's important, too, even when knowing your business and understanding that a lot of the stuff, as you said, you can do in-house. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sitting out here getting all these shirts printed, and I decided, shit, I might as well just get a, a silk press machine. Well, I, I was <laughs> looking into that, too. Wait, no, because look, 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 you paying you pay somebody to, to get your shirts printed, right. but... Eight dollars a shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. The machine is four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. Yeah. I, I got one saved. Ding in my ding app. ding. I, I got one saved in my Amazon. There's things like that that you're wasting money on. I could put mm-hmm. that two hundred two hundred dollars every time I'm making these orders. It's simple things like like look like even sitting down and really planning through your business like that. And I say like if I don't have at least five streams of income mm-hmm. within the next five years, at least. And I'm saying. And I already have the five. Mm-hmm. The five are chilling. Mm-hmm. But actually making them functional mm-hmm. and them having their own systems where I can put other people in charge of it and mm-hmm. it's not an issue. If that's not up and happening within five years, that's dope. I'm not, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I, there's something that, that's not happening in my process that needs to happen. Now, as far as like, you know, going into a business and, you know, di- diving into it out of, you know, fresh out of corporate wellness, not corporate wellness, out of a, a corporate setting, just diving into the business, like... I wouldn't say that that negates going and getting an education and, like, mm. understanding the business and blah, 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 blah. What I would say is there's a difference between just, like, diving into the business and going into it for, like, yo, I think I'm going to make a lot more money if I'm, like, a business owner. I, like, <laughs> but that's what people, people think. do that yeah. all the time. I'm like, yo, no. Yeah. You're and starting at zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, you're putting yourself in debt, like, starting. Like, just, you got to think about that. As a business owner, I don't know how you started, what type of capital, blah, blah, mm. blah. I mean, we, you kind of brushed on it, but yeah, you got to be okay with being broke for a little bit. <laughs> a long bit. Because it ain't about the money. It's right. not about the money. Right. And that's why a lot of people are asking, like, yo, how are you? I When I first started my boot camps, my classes were free. Mm-hmm. And I it was just me because I had women that had questions, and I had the resources. I had gynecologists, and I had... You know, PTs that I was working with that was explaining what diastasis recti, separation in the abdominal muscle that a lot of black women have that they don't even realize that they have it. And it was just me getting the information out there. Like, I just wanted to get the information. I just wanted people to know that I knew it mm. and that this, the, and that I could help you or I could tell you where to go. That's how I started. Like, hey, hey I have this, this knowledge. Let me share it with you. And so for me, it's like that's why I even enjoy my process now. Like I'm still, I'm still, still very fresh in it. You're, mm-hmm. You know, he seems like he's a lot more. You've been in your business for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have a system down. For me, like I'm so fresh into it, and I'm just now scratching the surface. And I'm like, yo, this is dope. Like mm-hmm. I got a lot of shit coming happening. So, um, all I can say is I'm inspired. Like I, we have, listen. <laughs> like I mean, I am inspired. When it comes to stuff like this, Bob, like this is to me is what what it's all about. Like this, just flat out all about. Like you know, enjoying the process, enjoying what you do, loving what you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, we talked about that on the last podcast. You really have to love, love. what you're doing. Love. It's the only thing that's gonna keep you motivated to do what you're doing, right. and you know. Like I said, no Mike for years. I know I've known Dilly for quite a, quite a little bit now. Like, it's just see, seeing them do what they do and doing what they love to do yeah. is so refreshing. Like, it's so dope. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and it and it just it just speaks volumes. It speaks vol- Like, you rather be I rather be happy doing what I love to do on my own time, having mental complete freeness. You know, and, and just being and being what I do versus being locked down at a specific job, you know, not really enjoying it, just grinding and grinding and grinding. And you look back and you're like, man, I'm really not enjoying this at all. Next thing you know, it's 20 years. Yeah, yeah, next thing you know, it's 10 years, 20 years. And then next thing you know, it's like 30 years. It's like, damn, I should have. 
I should have, could have, would have. Right, but there's still, but here's the thing. I even said this to somebody, and I don't want to say who it was because it was a little bit disrespectful. Because <laughs> it was like, you know, like it, if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you better be a millionaire off the bat. And I said, wow, that's huh? what you think. As I said, but you've been working forty hours for like twenty years, and you still living check to check. So how does that make sense? Mm. Mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't forty say hours. That was, that wasn't disrespectful. That wasn't disrespectful. That's know the numbers. But you're trying to tell me that with it, that I might, I might stay where I'm at financially for the next three years while growing my own business, mm. right? That I have investment in, and I can then other people can invest in my business, and it's just. The mindset. People don't understand. Numbers. Mindset is right. crazy. People don't understand, and the security of a, you know, twelve hundred dollar check every two weeks is it seems it, it seems okay, but when you do the math, you're like that, you're the time eight hours out of your day for twelve hundred dollars every two weeks, like that's not even that don't even make sense. Uh, two thousand dollars every all the two time. weeks. Right, right, yeah. right. And, and I'm gonna hit on something that you just mentioned um, about that. The person that you said that statement to. Yeah. Um, what people don't realize when you are a business owner mm-hmm. is that at the end of the day, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yours. So right now, I'm listening to your story. And I'm like, I see a whole fitness wellness. I see you. I see you owning a whole fitness wellness network, mm-hmm. gyms, yoga mm-hmm. studio, mm-hmm. all that. I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it in you. It's coming. But you know what people don't realize is that. You know, like you said, three to five years, you're going to have investors. Mm-hmm. Shit, I'm about to write a check, right? Because I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, because I see it. So so then I think that what separates us as as, as, African-American, as African-Americans is that we only see that first level. Right. And what mm-hmm. I always tell people is that there's another level there, especially mm-hmm. in real estate, right? Whereas though, I didn't just see wholesaling and just stay there, right? I was like, all right, you know what? This is crazy because I could just get my real estate license and own a brokerage. Right, I, I said, I, I was doing wholesale. I was like, I didn't just stop doing wholesale. I was like, damn this, let me start flipping. And then people started investing in me and investing in my business. So we're taking the business up to different levels, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that we need to get as business owners to that next level where we have a board of directors. Or right. she should, this right. should be a public, she should have a public company. Like, what's mm-hmm. stopping her from, from, from going public? Nothing. 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 There's nothing stopping her right now from going public. I will say that, but then bring it back to the African-American community. Because as much research as I've done, I've dug up a lot that I'm not proud of when it comes to my fellow African-American business owners, right? Mm -hmm. So I have had business owners, African-American gym owners that have said, you know, I move my business out of such and such area because I need the white clients help money. And I say, well, goddamn, all of my clients are black and they pay me on time. So what do you... They, mm. There's, there's this, and and I've sat, I've sat in rooms. I wish I had a ding, ding button. Go, <laughs> ding, ding. And I said, it's not, I, said, I said it ain't the black people. I said it's something about what you're doing. What you're, right. what you're doing. And I said it's something about you mm-hmm. that they don't see as genuine enough to give you their money. Right. And and then the fact that you even can say that out your mouth that black people don't pay. That black people don't pay for your time and they waste your time and blah. I said, I've never, when black people find value in the things that they're doing, mm-hmm. and that's another thing is we have to recognize that there has been such a lapse in education that we have to spend the time to give the resources back mm-hmm. and to sit down and explain what's going on right. and not expect that everybody understands what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I've sat with other black business owners and they basically said, like, why are you trying to, you know, why are you trying to do this, this, and this in this specific area? Why don't you move out to Ardmore? Like you, you know, you double your money on the on the white folks out there, and I'll say, wow. Once I really again, love, it's back mm-hmm. to money. I said, well, I really love my black people because mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere, and I would never work with you. Mm-hmm. I said, there's something about you that's not genuine. Right. And the re- and they and clearly your clientele can see, it, and that's why you don't have African American clientele. So that's even another thing that I'm trying to tackle mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, that was I had to say. That's another thing I had to say. It's been heavy on my heart as I've been as I've been in more negotiations and partnerships because I have a lot of stuff coming up that hopefully I'll come back on y'all show in like a year and it's gonna be a completely different talk conversation. Oh, this show gonna be lit. We gonna have a studio. <laughs> we gonna have a backdrop. We gonna have lights. We gonna I'm be on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I, as I'm doing that, I'm noticing more and more and more and more how much I need to stay in my community. As mm-hmm. tough it can, as, as tough as it may be, and as hard as it may be, once you can. Once people see the value in what you're doing and they see what's on your heart and they see why why you're doing it, 
You know, you can do it, and it's my business. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I have the, I have the say so to say who's my clientele, who am I servicing, mm-hmm. who am I giving this free education, who am I like, and I'm going into communities anywhere that mm-hmm. I can educate my black women, my black moms, give them opportunities, jobs, but like, so, yeah, basic business on what's real. Absolutely. <laughs> any any closing up final words that you guys want to just put out there for all of our listeners who are yeah. listening? How we, can they reach you? Yeah, how can they how can how can they reach you? And and if if someone is interested in in learning or buying a house or even becoming part of your clientele, yeah. how can they reach you? Um, so I can be reached, you know, fitmomsaffiliate.com. Um, I also have an app in the app store, Fit Moms. I communicate directly with my you know, the women on my app, um, we have little groups and stuff on there. We chat all the time. Um, my social media is Dilly Roman, D-I-L-L-Y-R-O-M-A-N. Um, so, yeah, I'm always around in the gym. Um, I can be reached at um, www.royalrealtygroup215 um, or Instagram, Royal Realty Group, or um, the real estate underscore newt. Um you know, I'm always around to ask the answer in, in, in any questions. I love giving advice to new homeowners or people who are in bad situations, have a lot of experience and a lot of experiences and things of that magnitude. So, um, just call me anytime. Wow. You guys got any uh, events popping up coming up soon? Yes. Yeah, so I have um, I have a dance class called Wine and Wine. The owner and creator, my really good friend Amanda Fallon, um, created this class, Wine and Wine. So we meditate, we network. Um, we dance, it's fun, it's gonna be on the 4th of April, and then May 4th, I have Mamas Who Lunch, which is a recharge retreat event, so they're being pampered all day, we're talking to different, um, business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs are gonna be there, you know, motivational speakers, so, yeah. Later on in the summer, we have, um, uh, we work with Nicole Purvey at, uh, the Better to Success Real Estate League. For Philadelphia um, Real Estate Week, so we'll be doing another uh, panel of African American d- developers in the Philadelphia area. So just stay tuned for more information about that. And we do have new first-time home buyers classes just, just coming soon. So follow me on Instagram um, or contact me. And I can give you information about uh, those events coming up soon. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, like I said, I can't. I can't tell you how much how appreciative I am to have both of these awesome people on my show. Like, literally, like I said, I, I see Dilly on, on Instagram all the time, and she's she is, when I tell you this girl's on the go, she is on the go constantly. Y'all she don't is, even see half the stuff that I do. <laughs> she, she's running up the art museum steps, then four, <laughs> then four hours later, she's in, a, she's in a beautiful black dress, she's going to some luncheon, and then three hours later, she's with her daughter, Singing in the back seat of her car, and then you know, I mean, this girl's all over the place. I mean, she's fantastic. Mike, I've known for years. Like I said, he helped me buy my house, the one we're sitting in right now, and basically, you know, helped me with a very. It was it, for me, it was a long, daunting process, mm-hmm. but for him, it, I mean, it was literally like one of the quickest deals right. he probably ever did. Maybe have to go look for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're both phenomenal, phenomenal black entrepreneurs. And we want to thank you so much for coming in on our show, um, the Bag Season Podcast. Um, and to all our listeners out there, if um, you can always hit us up. You know, you can hit me up, Swim. You can hit Bobby up. If you really want to get in contact with either one of them, we can put you in contact with them and directly and make sure that you have some information. But we have some big announcements that we have to do, pretty much. Bob, you want to, you want to tell them first? no. Nah, nah. Come on, bro. No, nah, man, you can tell them. No, nah, no. Nah. I put this on you. You put this on me? It's on you, man. <laughs> well, we we wanted to let we wanted to let you guys know that um we actually entered into um Google's contest for a sponsorship uh for a uh for an official uh podcast. Um Bob King. It's almost here, baby. Yeah, so we we're putting in for the for the sweepstakes for that. Please support us in that regard. We're actually in the process of actually making a studio for the podcast. So anybody uh, who's looking to, you know, join us on the podcast. And we're actually looking to expand the Bag Season podcast. More details on that coming soon. If you want to be an official bagger, holla at me. Yeah, come holla at, you know, holla at Bob. Um, And, uh, you know, like I said, this wraps up our first season. But don't worry, we're going to be back in full swing in a few weeks. 
with some brand new topics, some, some brand, brand new, new guests, guests uh, and hopefully more baggers. So please make sure that you follow, listen, and subscribe to the Bag Season Podcast. That's B-A-G-S-Z-N underscore podcast. I'm your boy Swimmer. That's S-W-I-M-M-R underscore N-U-P-E-3. I'm Bobby Raw at Triple B 1911 and this is episode 10 Black Enterprise. We out. Like that. I'm not gonna lie. I never feel like this.